This week on the OneCast, we're joined by Todd Goad, National Professional Fishing League angler, currently leading the Progressive Angler of the Year in the NPFL, co-owner of Pulse Fish Lures, uh, all-around good guy. We're also going to introduce our new partnership. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see if What's anybody going on, folks? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Fans of the one cast. Welcome to uh, another week with us fools out here running our, our traps in Trey's garage. Uh, 36 weeks, I think we're at. 36 or 37. Mm-hmm. So appreciate everybody uh, joining along, following along. As always, make sure you head over to onecastfishing.com. Use the code the one cast. Check out. Uh, save you some coin on those snagless uh, snagless jigs, long neck hooks, and weedless neds. Uh, one cast fishing has been a big sponsor. We have a new one to announce, but first, I think we'll go around and just say, "What's going on, guys? Anything good?" Man, I'm just tired of working. I'm ready to uh, be retired, but uh, everything's good on on my end. I know that uh, I am ready. I said it before. I'm ready for that fall weather. And luckily today, and Ben, you made a good call on like, hey, you know, maybe we should shift the shift the show to, to Wednesday, which it is, um, because the temperature is going to be about 10 degrees cooler and actually worked out with Mr. Todd Goad. So uh, all around, I'm doing well, man. A little bit cooler temperatures, ready to rock and roll. Yeah, they're not going to last. I don't know if you've looked. Yeah, at yeah, that's, that. so that's the problem. Don't be a right? Debbie Downer, dude. <laughs> the death ray gets turned on tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it comes back up, back on for a few days. But it, but it looks like in the next couple of weeks, we should start getting back down in the 80s, which, is, which will be great. One for fishing, but two also for production wise for me for making products. So uh yeah, don't have to sweat uh sweat as bad out there uh when it cools down a little bit. So I, looking I, forward to that. I do want to bring it up and Ben, you've been dealing with this uh on the business side of the house. There's been some serious issues going on right now with like uh the the ability to shop on social media. Is that correct? Well, um I'm not quite sure where you're getting at. I so, the, we've we've had some technical issues in our end working through uh some of the social media platforms and trying to correct some things, but I, I don't think it has to deal with so much with the customers. Like, no, 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 it's not with the customers. Well, I did want to say is like, Hey, if you're a customer, like, you know, just bear with a, with a company, you know, like there, there are times when, you know, social media, uh, kind of crashes or has like technical difficulties and stuff like that. And I know people want their product and want the ability to shop, but I just, you know, I ask for everyone's patience and stuff because it is frustrating when you're going through that platform and you want to shop, but at the same time, like, we all know. Yeah, yeah. And what, in, in quick, dirty, what Trey's talking to. If, if you've been familiar with OneCast Fishing and you've been to our Facebook or Instagram page, like you uh, used to be able to purchase the product directly and natively in app, but there were some technical difficulties between our shop and, 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 and then Meta that we just had to get worked out. So it should be back up within a day or two now. Yeah. Uh, completely fixed. But by the time you're hearing this, you can get your snagless, snagless jigs, your long neck hooks, those new soft plastics that OneCast Fishing just launched. So, yeah, man. Let's rock and roll. Yeah, so this is coming out to y'all on August 31st. Crazy, I think is the end of August. I know. We've been saying we were going to announce this new sponsor on September 1st, but the way the, the dates fall, it makes more sense. Just get one day early. early. So you get it a day early. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, if you wait, uh, then you're going to hear it the day of, or you're going to see us talk about it on our live on that Friday. But uh, new partnership. We want to welcome Carolina Waters. Yes, we do. Carolina Waters joining us uh, as our newest partner. I'm going to put a scroll up across the bottom of the scene that you guys will see, but I realized I spelled something wrong, so I'm fixing that real quick. And then I'll give you a quick breakdown of uh, 
of who Carolina Waters is. Uh, so Carolina Waters is a performance fishing lifestyle apparel brand. Think of your your Avcos, your uh, who else does Hook, Hook, all those companies. So they have performance fishing wear, uh, lightweight UPF performance shirts uh, for your fishermen and athletes, casual T-shirts. Uh, if you're just laying around, like we got a little bit of both. Trey's yep. wearing some performance gear. That's right. Ben's got the T-shirt. I've got a T-shirt on. Uh, they have a big selection of hats. Both Ben and I are wearing hats. Trey doesn't have a, a hat on today, but <laughs> you've seen me wear some different styles of Carolina water hats and shirts. Uh, so if you are, uh, you know, if you're a fisherman, you're an outdoorsman and an athlete, any of that, uh, make sure you check out Carolina Waters. Their website is carolinawatersnc.com. For the month of September, as a new uh, introductory, as a partnership, if you use the code the OneCast, all one word, that'll save you twenty percent off this month. Uh, we're going to keep that code going, but they gave uh, gave some extra off for the the first month of this partnership. So really looking forward to uh, working with them, bringing you more of their products. I've been wearing their their performance stuff. If you watch any of uh, of our videos or seen our pictures, you'll see a lot of times I have Carolina Waters uh, performance stuff out while I'm out fishing. It's great. I love the way it fits. Uh, breathes well and, and it keeps you safe. I know you see you see the stuff about people like I don't get long sleeves. Well, if you spend a bunch of time in the water, like a lot of us do, yeah, uh, sunscreen alone isn't enough to protect you uh, from from those UV rays. So check out their performance gear, and uh, we'll be talking about them some more. Uh, but I don't want to delay too much further and keep Todd waiting. Do you guys have anything else before we bring him on? Ready no, let's, let's. We do need to say congratulations to. I'm not going to try to say his name. Kayo Koya Fujita. Kuya, Kuya, yeah. Koya Fujita. Koya Fujita from on his yeah. elite series victory, his first blue trophy. Uh, won it up there at Lake Champlain. Heck right. of a week. Uh, it was a great tournament. Big weights. Fun one to watch. So congrats to him. Uh, on his first elite series victory, and they'll be getting ready to go to St. Lawrence. So. And I have to say, man, there's been a lot of rookies this year on the elite series that have won. Fujita's won. Joyce Fuentes has won. Tyler Rivette has won. Tyler's not a rookie. Or Tyler's not a rookie, but a lot of either first-time winners or rookies, especially rookies. So it'll be interesting to see their last event of the year. So uh, by, the, by this time, everybody will already know the outcome of it. That's right. All right. Let's so without further ado, let's bring in Progressive Angler of the Year, for the national leader, leader, I think he's going to win. Don't jinx him yet. <laughs> from the national professional, <laughs> from the national professional fishing league, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Todd Goad. Mr. Todd Goad, how you doing today? Doing great, doing great. How are you guys doing? Man, we're doing good right now. It's like we said, ten degrees cooler in here, and that air conditioner is working overtime. But uh, we're feeling nice, cool, and comfortable in our Carolina Waters gear. I can tell you that. I bet it's uh, it's hot all over the country and. I know we'll probably get into a little bit about Oklahoma, but I was looking at the weather out there, and it's like 110 mm. out there with a heat index. So it, it's if you were out there, it'd be like fishing on Mars, probably. But <laughs> hopefully, it'll, <laughs> hopefully it'll cool down before we get out there. We got about another month before we go, and I was looking at the long-range forecast. It looks like if it holds, it'll be 80s and 60s, so it'll be bearable by the time we get there. I know locally we we're we got a little bit of a cool down today. It's like 88 for the high, but tomorrow it's mid 90s. Uh, I think Friday was 196 yeah. on Saturday. So those heat in, indexes for us will be up there, 110, 115, and then it, it's always 100% humidity. I swear. So <laughs> I I, re, I respect my mother, uh, but Mother Nature, I'm really mad at you right now, uh, <laughs> just for making it feel like I'm walking into a preheated oven every day. 
Heck yeah. So Todd, we know, uh, you know, we know a bit about was, you uh, and your story. Nope. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, I lived in uh, pretty close to Lake Lanier for 20 years up until about uh, end of 2019. And it, it's the same way down there. It's a thousand degrees and a, and a hundred percent humidity. And I grew up in East Tennessee and moving, moving back. Um, it's really not as hot up there or as humid. It's been in the mid to upper eighties here and lows in the, you know, in the low sixties in the morning. So it's been really bearable up, up in East Tennessee, which has been really nice. That's definitely nice. Yeah. Lanier. I didn't realize you, you lived down there for a while. So you have much experience on Lanier. You could say that I've, I've made, I've made a few casts there. Um, was real fortunate. Uh, Tom Mann Jr. is a real good friend of mine and, and another good friend of mine there, Rusty Evans, the three of us fished together, played golf together. Um, we, we've made a lot of casts at Lanier over the years. So uh, awesome. it's a, it's a great place. I'm really looking forward to getting there. And, yeah. And for everyone listening, the reason why that's important, the MPFL's final event for the year is at Lake Lanier or the 22nd around the 22nd or the 24th of October. Yeah. yeah. I think October. the 20, yeah, I think the 26th of October, I think it's the first competition day. So, okay. Yep. 26th October. Yep. It's also important Todd, because the one cast will also be down at Lake Lanier for you guys' final event. So we're super excited to join you down there. That's awesome. It's uh it's going to be a it's going to be a great event weighing in at Cool Ray Field there. I used to live um, I lived about four miles from Cool Ray and and had a rent house over there pretty close to Cool Ray. Um, the only thing I'm not looking forward to is the drive every day because we're putting in at Laurel Park, which is at the north end of the lake, and um, having to drive down 985 every day and get off at Exit Four at Buford and come past the Mall of Georgia and under the interstate that area has just boomed in the last five years. And it really, it might take 45 minutes when you get off at of exit four, it really might take 45 minutes to get to cool Ray field from there. So it's traffic is not going to be fun, but uh, it's going to be a great event. It's a great venue to have a weigh in. A lot of fans will be able to show up there and it'll be a really good time. Well, it sounds like the one cast needs to take some uh, orange cones and uh, divert some traffic on the highway so we can make it flawless for <laughs> to make it to the ramp. So absolutely uh, do, do all you can. Uh, we will. I, I think Pete was getting ready to go into this. Uh, we we know we know a little bit about you. You got a pretty extensive history. Uh, looks like with uh, you fish a lot of major league fishing events or um, I don't know if they. They, they changed it on the websites, but I don't know if they're always MLF events or if they're FLW events in the past. Um, and, and now you're fishing the National Professional Fishing League. But uh, can you kind of like take us from uh, from the start until you were now and kind of how you got into this deal and let the fans yeah, know? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I fished the, uh, the BFLs when it was FLW for years. Probably, I think, looking back, I think the first BFL I fished was in 2007 in the Bulldog Division at uh, – at Lake Sinclair and there was like 220 boats in it. And, and I finished, I think I finished 18th or 19th. So got a check in my first event. Um, just really enjoyed fishing the group of guys that, that were there. Um, my good friend, Chris Baxter at zoom, uh, him and I traveled uh, a lot of those BFLs together. Uh, Jamie Rampy, Brandon Cobb, we traveled together. Um, Moved over, fished a lot of the uh, Savannah River Division um, because 
I really enjoyed fishing Lake Russell and Clark Hill and, and Kiwi and Hartwell and um, just have fished, fished a lot of years in the Savannah River Division. Um, fished, fished a Toyota Series one year. Um, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, in 2019, <clears throat> 2019, the volunteer divisions uh, regional was at Hartwell. So I still lived in Georgia at the time and I traveled uh, fishing that, that division again and got to, got to see a lot of old faces and a lot of friends that I, that I had fished against in college. And um, even after college, I lived in East Tennessee in the mid nineties up until about 2000 for a, a brief stint moving around with my job. So um, it was cool to hang out with the Tim Smiley's and the Rex Pendergrasses and, and those guys and, and uh, finished, I think I finished sixth in the division that year and, and uh, made the, I made the all American through that Hartwell regional. It was kind of a crazy story. Um, I ended up catching, I think the largest bag of the day, the second day and, and was in sixth. And then, I finished the, the event in sixth, but I tied with a buddy of mine, Conrad Bolt, and the tiebreaker was the largest catch of the tournament. So uh, having that second day really good good string got me in the All-American. And then I was leading that joker going into the final day, had had two really good days, and, and the final day it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, Jeremy Lawyer's team partner, Chris Macy, who's, who's a buddy of mine, uh, we had to be in at 3.30, and at like 3.14, he catches a four-pounder that beat me. So it's just mm -hmm. when it's meant to be, when it's meant to be, it's meant to be at your time. So uh, it's a great week, um, really the highlight of my fishing career. Um, won a lot of tournaments over the years, um, you know, up in East Tennessee and and down south too. And um, I've known Al McCullough for several years now, and – I was actually going to fish the inaugural season of the NPFL. I had committed and we bought some land with the land we bought in East Tennessee. We bought 65 acres and we, we built our forever home there. So we're start we were starting to get that going. And my daughter was starting her senior year in high school and there was just a lot going on. And, and unfortunately I called Al and had to back out for the inaugural year, but um, things kind of settled down and he called me right after I cast in 20, what is that? 2020, 2020, 2021. Yeah. 21. And, you know, asked me if I'd be interested in fishing and, and things worked out and I was able to get a title sponsor. A good friend of mine was interested. So things just worked out. So I was able to hop in the NPFL last year and, and had a, had a good year. Um, uh, it's funny. My worst, my worst finish of the season was at Hartwell <laughs> of all places. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like a 55th place finish, but I uh, think I think I cashed four checks in six events last year over there uh, in in that season, and I think I finished 13th in AOI last year. But great time, the league's awesome, a lot of great people there, um, anglers and and the ownership group that runs it, just top shelf people, and it, it's been a, a blast. I've really enjoyed it. So the obviously we we love the league and stuff too um what what do you do like what is your full-time job outside of fishing professionally so i've been i've been in pest control for almost 20 years and um currently i'm i'm in uh in construction services uh selling 
selling, uh, you know, programs, uh, remodels, refreshes, things like that. So uh, that's kind of my day job. Um, and then again, I'm co-owner of Pulse Fish Lures too. So that's a, that business is growing, growing really well. So I got, yeah, I, wear, I, I wear a lot of hats, inc including this one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pulse Fish Lures. I can't forget. <laughs> um, but you know, the reason I ask you, is that a, um, for your full-time job, is that like a remote type deal where you can do that on the road when you're traveling at traveling nationally for the MPFL? It is. Fortunately, it's, uh, it, it is a remote position and, um, I do travel, you know, a good bit with that job as well, but, uh, they've got a culture of, um, uh, they call it flex PTO. So you can take as much PTO as you want. Um, you know, as long as you're doing your job. So, you know, I gotta, I gotta keep doing my job, but, uh, but yeah, it affords me the, the ability to get out here and, and fish as well. Yeah, I think that's important for, you know, we, I'm sure you see that a lot, like on social media or different forums and stuff, or, you know, the, the younger guys trying to get into the game, they're always chasing the sponsor deals and stuff like, hey, who's going to pay my way? Um, but, you know, like yourself and a good friend of ours, Destin Demarion and, and Mike Corbishley, and there's there's a whole slew of them. But I think the important message here is like, you can you can have a job and still fish professionally depending on the type of job that you have and it's pretty cool that a job like yours and a job like destin's and so on and so forth support them to use you know a, a national fishing tour um as a platform for them to promote different types of product but at the same time still being able to do their day job and stuff so it's probably a grind for you though especially when you're fishing and you're having to do work after the fact is it not um, most of the time I've always been a, I, I was, I grew up in the restaurant business as a, as a kid, my dad, my grandfather was in the restaurant business. Uh, my grandfather was one of the early founders of Piccadilly cafeteria back in the forties. And my dad worked for him for 37 years and I was washing pots for my dad when I was 14. So, um, moved into like cooking type things as I got a little older and it, that, that job really taught me time management and I, I have a task oriented brain. So I just, I'm able to just knock out a lot of tasks at one time. And, and I'm the kind of guy that I like to touch something once and move on and not have to go back to it. And I just, um, uh, it's worked for me, um, you know, having that kind of task oriented brain. So I usually get 60 to a hundred emails a day and, you know, just, there's a lot of, a lot of moving and shaking going on, but, it, but I make it work. Um, you know, it's, and it's, it's never become a grind. I mean, I, they've nicknamed me Pawpaw on the league. Luke Duncan said, <laughs> I said, I named myself that, but I actually didn't. Pat, Pat Walters nicknamed me that, but it, it's never, <laughs> it's, it's, it's never been a grind. I just, life's just too short to be miserable, man. I just got a positive attitude. Things are great. You know, it'll, you know, are, are some days a little better than others? Yeah, but um, I, I've just always just had that positive mindset, and and it, uh, it it served me well over the years. So I'm able to juggle a lot of a, a lot of chainsaws at the same time without losing an arm. So, <laughs> and and it's kind of well, I was just going to say um, my years in pest control. Um, that's how I got associated with safe Haven. I met these guys like four years ago and the owner is an avid bass fisherman and, 
and safe haven. It, it, any of you have been in a Home Depot, a Lowe's, a grocery store, and you see a bird flying around in there, um, they have it. The, the technology is patented. It's called MistNet technology, and they guarantee humane removal of birds from from any commercial setting up to like two million square feet, or, or you don't pay them. And I introduced them to several of my national account customers a few years ago, and they're they're doing great. They they took care of my customers, and that relationship has really blossomed. So um, they do a lot of nuisance wildlife, and really any job. You know, their answer is yes. What's the question most of the time? So it's been great having them as my title sponsor this year, and you know, especially like Destin with a non-endemic, uh, who's a buddy of mine too. And, and to be able to have a non-endemic like that, somebody that fishes, that tournament fishes, that gets it, you know, on your side, in your corner, um, that just, that that's just paramount to, to us anglers out here is to have those yeah. kind of relationships. Yeah, especially in a time in angling when, when the non-endemic sponsors aren't there like they once were. You know, we, we talk about it a lot with, with Destin's and Harvey's a friend of ours. You know, he's been on. We've mm -hmm. talked about it, how, you know, when we all grew up watching it, and I'm sure as you were coming up, everybody was sponsored by, you know, Sitgo was on everybody's shirt. They were basically getting fuel for free. They were giving them a boat every year. Uh, they were throwing trucks at them to, to drive all over the country. And then as that dried up, those non-endemic relationships have become less and less. You're, I'm starting to see a bit more come back, uh, especially uh, – especially the higher the level you get, I noticed like the the media coverage and, and the reach that you have locally is starting to appeal to those local companies. So you're starting to see more Bob's hardware, you know, on on somebody's jersey that's fishing the NPFL or the elites or, or the Bass Pro Tour or, or anywhere where there's that exposure because there is exposure to you. Your local fans are watching. They know it's a hometown kid and they see, you know, chuck's barbershop on his jersey and they're gonna go down there and get a haircut so yeah uh, i'm hopeful that it comes back i don't know if we'll ever see see it on a national scale like we did you know back in the early 90s early well through most of the 90s and early 2000s uh where where it was kind of a that those big national companies were, were doing it but hopefully we do for for anybody that's out there chasing it i'm sure mm -hmm. i'm sure you would love to have some of those non-endemics like sitco or somebody come calling yeah, and I, you know, things are cyclical. You know, I think some of that stuff probably will come back around. Um, to your point, Nick LeBrun's a good friend of mine that fishes a Bass Pro Tour. His title sponsor is Covington Lumber there in, in Louisiana, and he's he's got a great relationship with those folks. And, you know, they, they have no intention of going anywhere. So, um, you know, like you said, it's it, it's all about creating value for your sponsors and and you know, what you can do for them and, and how you can influence buying decisions, get them in front of the right people and, and, and just be out there and be present and be a good steward of their business. You know, it's that those, those things generally works, makes it work out really well with, with every sponsor, not just the non-endemic, but you gotta, you gotta find ways to create value, you know, for, for everybody that, that you're partnered with. And I think you, you know, obviously you presented a, an excellent, uh, example of that when you talked about safe haven you know and, and your full-time job you saw an opportunity for some of your customers to say hey you have these problems with these birds or you know whatever kind of critters are getting into your your store i know a guy uh, mm -hmm. that can they can help with that and do it humanely and you can kind of make those connections and it's just another way to prove your value and it's a 
it's, it's one of those things like we, we've talked about with a lot of folks that have been on. And I'm glad we keep going down this road because I think it's important for anybody that wants to do this for a living or, or attempt to do it, how important the sponsors are, but how much work and value you need to actually provide them. Nobody's going to just hand you money uh, to put, put a name on a jersey and that be the end of it. You need to be able to use the product, talk about the product, uh, you know, mention the product when the opportunity is there. And um, that was a great example of, you know, an opportunity to to bring your your lives together and, and make a win-win situation for everybody involved. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. And, and I want to jump in on this. And like Pete said, I'm glad you talked about this. It's a consistent narrative that we hear out of seasoned anglers that are fishing nationally. But, you know, like you're, you are, you know, and we want to get into this, uh, you know, Pulse Fish Lures. I'm sure you're probably already getting hit up like, like Ben, you know, owner of One Cast Fishing. Um, he gets hit up all the time for people that, from people that say, hey, I w- I'd like you to sponsor me. Here's what I need versus, you know, developing that relationship you talked about with some sort of value and saying, here's what I can do for you. Here's the exposure I can give you. Here's how I can move the needle for your company to increase your revenue uh, stream and stuff like that. So that's such an important message because even even myself, when I got into following professional bass fishing and stuff like that, I, I didn't really have a good understanding of how these, these partnerships, these sponsorships and stuff like that worked until I started talking to anglers like you. So I think it's an important message. Uh, absolutely. And, and I get probably... Mm, at least 10 emails a day um, about it. And, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I can't remember who said it, but um, I think it might've actually been Swindle on, on a podcast was talking about this, but, you know, I, I have people that you, you run the gamut of, of people that just email you and say, you know, send me some of your product and, and I'll try it for free. And, you know, they, <laughs> they don't understand the, the business aspect of running a fish and lure company. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're not multimillionaires. This isn't Berkeley. This isn't strike King. This isn't lose, you know, um, we're just a small company that's growing and we're fortunate to, we actually sponsor Matt Airy, um, who's a North Carolinian there with around you guys and over in Shelby and, and Brian new who, um, he's moved to South Carolina, but, you know, we, we partnered with those guys and, and early on and new goes out wins, you know, I, I was fortunate to, to get the title sponsor spot on his boat his rookie year on, on the elite series. Then he wins the first tournament right out of the gate. So yep. that yeah, put us yeah. on the, that put us on the map really, really quick. Um, both of them, it, it's a great, and it's a great parallel between the two guys because, you know, Matt, Matt's been doing it a long time. Um, he's just got a professional way of doing things. Not to say that Brian doesn't, but their style's different. I guess that's the perfect right. way to yeah. say it. Their, their style's different. Um, they might actually, you know, have a different demographic reach when, when, you know, when they're up on stage and when they're fishing and all of that kind of thing. So we've got, we feel we got the two best guys out there and um, they've done a phenomenal job for us promoting the brand, growing, helping us grow the brand. But, you know, we're, we're, we've invested in some e-commerce stuff here recently too. Um, you may have seen it on social media, on Facebook, where we're growing a team and, and mm-hmm. it's an ambassador program, but yeah. you know, it's a, 
it, it's a really deep discounts on our bait and gear. I mean, where else can you go right off the bat and get 30% off of everything on the website if, if you become part of the team? And, and even Swindle talked about, you know, he seminars that he does, uh, you know, kids starting off, you know, how do I become a professional bass fisherman? You know, start, start with some of those smaller companies and, you know, to start, if it's just for a discount, um, that's great, but then show them how you create value. Um, and not just, you know, not just think you're Kevin Van Dam overnight and think everything you get <laughs> it is free and, and I should be writing you a check, you know, earn your way in, in this industry, which is what I've done. I've been doing this a long time and, um, I've got a lot of long-term partners, you know, on my Jersey because of that, because of the value I've created, the, the extra, the little extra that I've always done for sponsors. Um, and it, it comes back to you in spades if you do that. So, I mean, for example, um, the guy that fished with me the first day in the All-American is a co-angler. His name is Nathan Quince. Um, he started a YouTube channel. He's got a big following. Um, and he posted a video about our eighth ounce pulse jig. And I didn't even know about it. And we start getting all these internet orders, pa-ching, 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 you know, and this was last year. And he reached out to me and, and said, hey, I fished with you in the All-American. I don't know if you remember me, uh, which I did. Um, but I got on the phone with him and I was like, man, that's awesome, Nathan. Appreciate you doing that. And him and I worked out a little partnership deal because he went above and beyond. He's done videos with Cast to Catch, you know, with our products. So, you know, those are the type of people we want to partner with. And we gave That's him right. a discount code to promote. And we're actually paying him a commission every quarter for the revenue that he generates for us. Um, that's that's doing it the right way. You know, creating that value for for that company. It's a it's a win win. So I think, you know, a lot of folks just starting out or, or really trying to grow their portfolio. If they would if they would take a, an approach like that and do the little X extra. That's what, that's what's always made me successful in, in both fishing and in life, in my day job, you know, it's just, just, just do the little extra. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know Ben's done a lot of that with one cast fishing, but since we're on the topic of, of pulse fish lures, um, can you cut like, before we jump into the MPFL stuff, can you kind of run down like how that came to fruition and and uh and where that opportunity arose arose from arose arose how do you say that came from uh sure um so the guy that invented the pulse jig um it's a scrounger type bait his name is randy link and um he's just a tinkerer he was a ranger boats rep for years and years qualified for the bassmaster classic back in the hank parker days and and him and hank are really good friends and, and he's always been a tinkerer and he invented this thing. I'm not sure, probably 2010, maybe somewhere in there. Um, and it really, I, I've thrown it not long after that. I found the bait and, and I'm a scrounger guy. I've, I've always been a scrounger guy. Years and years ago, Aaron Martin sent Tom Mann uh, some of the original, what he called the quarter ounce long bill scroungers. Uh, to try out. And Tom and I went out to Lanier. This was back in 2008. And I mean, we just, we wound them up on every place we stopped. I mean, threes, fours, I caught a five pounder that day on it. It was stupid. 
and I was I was hooked on scrounger baits for life after that day fishing. <laughs> but sadly, uh, in 2019, Randy's wife was killed in a head-on car crash over by Lake mm -hmm. Hartwell, and um, uh, my good friend and we fished a lot of team tournaments together, and and he worked with randy just helping him fill orders and package baits and do a lot of stuff for randy his name is jeremy Wynn. um randy came to jeremy and i and said hey guys um i really don't want to do this anymore my heart's not in it you know after what happened with his wife and uh, he said i'd really like for you two guys to take it over he said i know you guys could could take it places that i could never take it so jeremy and i talked about it and we decided, sure, we're, we're going to do that and, and keep the pulse jig alive. And um, so we really took it over in like eh, February of 2020, right in the middle of COVID, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, everybody was fishing with COVID, so we were pretty busy. So um, and, and since then, we've been able to, to launch a lot of new products to grow the brand, you know, and, and from just a standard swim bait head to um, Matt Airy's finesse swim bait head. Um, Brian knew we've got a one ounce bait. It's a big one ounce bait. Now it's got an eight ounce Gamagatsu hook in it. It's for ledge fishing, like throwing Magnum flukes and um, jerky jays, things like that. It's called the boss man. But I mean, we've got swim jigs and spinner baits and a nighttime spinner bait that's incredible called Night Vibes. I've, I've caught more fish on Douglas at Cherokee at night. Um, we have one color called Purple Dawn. It looks like a morning dawn skirt um, with a nighttime spinner bait. And it's the bait's got a six, uh, a six alt Colorado blade on it. It's a thumping. Oh, wow. oh man, yeah, it, yeah. it will flat out catch them. So. You know, we've grown the brand. We're continuing to grow the brand. We've got some other products in the works. We've got something really exciting that's going to launch in January. Matt and I have been working on. So, um, you know, it's out of out of tragedy comes, you know, something good. And, and Randy's Randy's doing great. Um, you know, he we uh, we send him a check every quarter, too. So he's he's still a part of it. And um yeah it's, it's been a, it's been a good story. So. Yeah, that's uh you know, I told you that we had a conversation, we had a show with, with Maddie Wong. Um, was it last week, week before last, last week must yeah. have been right. Um, you know, and he, he has a really cool story. If you get the opportunity to, to listen to that episode, check it out. But I said that I, I kind of said, I was like, man, when tragedy meets make you know, creates opportunity. Uh, and you hear that a lot. Um, that's throughout life in general. But, you know, there, there really are a lot of opportunities that, that come out of, you know, maybe tragedy or, or something else. And it's really cool to see you jump on that. And I, and I think the other cool thing is there's a lot of anglers on tour, you know, like KJ Queen. He has Queen Tackle. You have Pulse Fish Lures. I can't even I don't even know the other ones right now. Taylor Watkins. Taylor Watkins has Omega. Omega. That's yep. right. Taylor Bump. Well, not right, but Omega. So it's pretty cool to see all, all you guys like, you know, also have another revenue stream to feed, you know, the fire of fish in the national level. So um, and then you get the, the opportunity to just create, like unlock that imagination and, and do some creative stuff that's going to help you, you know, on the tour. Well, so for sure. Yeah. And we uh, one thing I will share, I mean, we I, I've 
we have a, a swimmer too. It's a Seville type swimmer, but it's, it's handmade. And, um, the guy that builds them for us, I've known him for, oh gosh, at least 15 years, if not 20. And he's been making custom baits like that for a long time. So, um, that thing has sold like gangbusters too. And, and we're actually, um, this will be the first anybody's heard this in the universe, but we do have a glide bait we're working on that that's going to come out late this year, probably, you know, early next year. So our focus uh, a thousand percent is on quality. And, um, to this day, Jeremy and I make, and his wife, Risha too, um, make, we make every pulse jig by hand. We, we put the bill on, on the bait still to this day, every one of them, we won't send it out the door unless it's perfect. It has the right cup in it and the right action. And, you know, our, our, our thing is, you know, made in the USA, our, the, the spin caster that makes our heads is in Alabama. Um, the bill materials made in Texas and it just doesn't yellow, you know, as fast as our competitors does. And, the way we put the bill on, it's kind of, it's a proprietary way. No other scrounger in the market, uh, the bill is, is put on the head like we do it. And it makes for better action. It also, the bait won't roll either. Um, one of the, one of the drawbacks of a scrounger bait is they roll if you reel them too fast and ours does not do that. We actually have striper guides that like Hartwell trolling our one ounce five to seven mile an hour, you know, and wow. catching big stripers on them. So you know, our focus is 100% on quality. And if you go on our website and look at, uh, I think there's a tab on the website called happy customers. If you click on that, all of that is organic. We didn't pay for any of those, or any of those reviews. And like, I don't know, probably 95% of the reviews are five star. Um, it's just, it's just a testament to, to the hard work we put into it. And we just don't let anything go out the door. That's, that's junk. We never will. Yeah, I have some of your pulse jigs, and uh, I mean, I've had them for. I have some. I think I ordered back in like 2019, and they're they haven't yellowed at all. And I have some from from some competitors that about three days in the box, and I think they're they're yellow and don't don't look right. But uh, yeah, you guys have a great product. So some of them are yellow in the box, hanging on the peg in the store. <laughs> I have seen that. Is there? Yeah. I uh, some have been sitting in uh, grandpappy's bait shop since you know uh 25 years ago that's right <laughs> yeah. but that's right. awesome man um before we move on uh do you guys have any any questions on pulse fish lures no and hey everyone's heard it everyone's heard it now todd you're getting into the glide bait game yeah and you know there's a huge cult following in the glide bait game so that's that's a pretty cool deal and tell you what the guys have been uh, putting those glide baits to the test, whatever manufacturer that may be, and they've been catching some big ones on that bait. Oh yeah, it's, it's, oh, go ahead. It, it's a it, it has been catching a lot of big fish this year, and and you know again our glide bait won't we won't release it to the public till it's right with the right action, the, you know. So it, it's we're testing it currently. There's a, we may make a modification or two on it and you know, but it's, it's not going it, to, it's going to be right when it goes, when it goes out the door. So it, it, uh, and it'll catch them too. So. Awesome. Well, you'll for sure be getting some of my money. Cause I, I'm in, I'm in <laughs> the glide base. So. Yeah. 
always uh, ready to add a couple more. We all know Pete's got like ten thousand dollars for the glide baits. I'll be trying to figure out how I can prove that bad I'm like Ben and I would be like, Pete, you throwing those glide baits? He's like, Nah, I'm too scared to lose them. <laughs> so they just some days, some days. Like that's one of those. That's one of those where your wife only thinks you got like a thousand dollars in glide baits, right? Yeah. No, well, unfortunately, she works in the industry and and has a, her finger on the pulse, so she knows. So, like, it's such a cool thing. Like, they order tackle together. You know, like I don't know how you can have a better, you know, system, man. But it works for me because as, as long as I order two of whatever I'm getting, so I can give, you know, so she can have one because she knows right. why I'm ordering it. There's a reason, so I'm good as long as I get two. Yeah. You got. So then you I got to figure it out. That's you right. gotta I just out. got lucky. I got very lucky. He, he unlocked the secret. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Pete with the One Cast here. So excited to announce our newest podcast partner, Carolina Waters. Carolina Waters is a performance fishing and outdoor lifestyle apparel company that's based right here in North Carolina. They provide clothing like lightweight UPF shirts for those days out on the water or in the field for your hardcore fisherman or athlete. They also have casual t-shirts for those more relaxing days. Tons of different styles of headwear for the whole family. No matter what it is you're doing, if you're doing it outdoors in the Carolinas or anywhere across the country, Carolina Waters has you covered. Be sure to head over to their website, check out the apparel, find what fits your needs at carolinawatersnc.com. For the month of September, use the code THEONECAST, all one word, to save 20% off your order at carolinawatersnc.com. Again, that's carolinawatersnc.com. Use the code THEONECAST at checkout to save 20%. Appreciate y'all. Make sure you check them out. Use that code to let you know that we sent you. Help us continue to grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. So let's let's run down uh, just real quick. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to speak to you know you talked a little bit earlier about the positive mental attitude, and then you know obviously the opportunity from the tragedy with with Paul's fish. You know, for anybody listening, if you listen to our episode with Maddie, he has that same attitude. You know, he's super positive guy. So when when something hits, if you can maintain that positive attitude and try to take the best out of it as a terrible situation. Uh, you know, that's, that's part of it. So it's, it's cool to hear two, two guys that have that positive, you know, mental attitude and, and try to think the best. And, you know, like you said, every day is a good day. Just some days aren't as good as others. Uh, you can carry that when, when, when bad situations occur and you can, you can make the best out of it, what you did. So it's cool to hear. It's cool to share that with people because not everybody has the ability to do that as we know, but you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's refreshing to hear. And I think from the outside looking into it, it sets an example for, uh, for all anglers um, or, or all people in general, because you see how much the negativity is going around right now. But like when somebody sees the, you know, a, a tragedy create an opportunity to build some form of resiliency. I know those are like a lot of big words for me, but uh to, to me, that's what I want. I want kids to see that stuff. We want kids to see that stuff because uh, it's too easy to get sucked down the drain of all the negativity going on in the world. So, you know, talking about the relationships with the partnership deals that don't just happen overnight to creating opportunities to having different ventures and different revenue streams led you to being part of the National Professional Fishing League and being in the lead uh, angler, progressive angler of the year why the MPFL out of all the leagues? Why the MPFL for you? Well, I guess I'm kind of at a stage in my life where it was a good fit. Um, 
I had a chance uh, right out of college. I could have went and fished bass when it was the old invitationals and the top 150. Um, things just didn't work out. Um, I actually had a deal that um, that would have afforded me, you know, a truck and a boat to use for the year. Um, but at the time, you know, I'd already kind of made up my mind when I got out of college, I was going to going to go into management with Piccadilly and kind of follow my dad's footsteps and my grandpa's. And, um, uh, the, the guy I knew at the time, um, I was going to get a three-year deal right out of college, but it turned into a one-year deal because of a merger and an acquisition. And, you know, I just, it was too big of a risk for me at the time to take that just, you know, the guys out there back then had fished. They, they went to a lot of the same places every year and, you know, you need more than one year under your belt to, you know, to kind of sow your oats, I guess, so to speak. So I, I passed on it then, um, had a couple of different times that Bill Taylor, uh, offered me a spot on the FLW tour that I could have went and, and done that. But again, it was all timing. Um, my oldest daughter was playing travel softball and high school softball and, and my youngest daughter, um, you know, my wife and I divided and conquered. She went to, she went, took the, the younger one to T-ball and I took the other one to travel ball. And we run the roads with, with that, with tournaments and wouldn't trade a minute of that for anything because both of them played college softball. My oldest one played at King University up in Bristol, Tennessee. And uh, my youngest, she's 21 now, um, but um, she's playing at uh, UNC Greensboro, actually. Um, she's, uh, she's a starting pitcher there, and um, they won the Southern Conference this year and made it to the NCAA. They made it to the World Series and got to watch Clemson tag them pretty good in the first game, <laughs> unfortunately. But, but it was uh, – it it's, wouldn't trade a minute of that for nothing. And, um, you know, the – Again, I'm kind of at a time in my life where things have kind of settled down. My wife and I are empty nesters, and you know, I said, "Hey, let's let's give this a go." You know, I've I've always been competitive in in tournaments, and I've I've done well, and I felt like I could compete with those guys out there if I, you know, just just had a chance to get out there. So, um, so that's really that's really the reason for the NPFL. You know, it's all it's all been timing. So, you know. Unfortunately, it uh, took me to 54 years old to get there. But hey, well, age is only, age is only a number. My dad right. is 80. My dad's 82 years old, lives in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, he still fishes tournaments. Still fishes in the Bass Clubs. Got a 17 foot Triton. I taught him how to read his Lawrence graphs. He's got two eights on that thing. I taught him how to fish offshore deep for spotted bass, and he has he is. He's beat the brakes off those guys out there for many, many years. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think, I mean, you're absolutely right about fishing. Age is the number. It's it's one of those sports that, that you can go chase your dreams at pretty much any age. And I think what you said there, you know, about timing being right, we, we've had countless anglers on, regardless in PFL or from bass, fishing the opens. Like, it is such a grind, and there's so much time away from your family is that – you know, some folks, uh, it's just not right for them at the time. But with this sport, you can, I mean, you can be 54 years old, 60 years old and still be a rookie. I mean, come out, if you qualify, you can be a rookie. If you can hang with them, you can you can do it, which is 
unlike probably any other sport or hobby out there is that yeah. uh, you can do it at any age. You know, what's what's uh, one question I had for you was, so you fish the, the BFLs or the FLW, um, whatever they called it back then. To uh, Toyota's mate. Yeah, you, you said it already. Yeah, well, they've yeah. changed names so many times. But, so you fish those, it sounds like regionally. I, I know you, you picked and uh, chose different divisions depending on championship. But uh, and so you've traveled around certainly uh, a little bit. But ha was there a big, um, you know, transition learning curve? Obviously, uh, you did very well last year. You're, you're leading this year. So I, this might be a terrible question about the, you know, if there was a big learning curve or anything. But was there anything going to the MPFL where you're traveling all across the country? You have, you know, a certain amount of practice days. It's three days in the water, a little bit, you know, little longer format than maybe a traditional where you were used to fishing um i normally for for bfls and even well i usually practice for two days for the bfls and uh the toyota series was you know normally you know three or four days and kind of worked an off day in there before the tournament day so that part of it really that wasn't that much of a change and you know, the venues we went to last year, um, I'll just have to say being from East Tennessee and fishing those lakes up there really suited suited the style of fishing on the schedule last year. Um, going to Cumberland right off the bat, mm -hmm. um, fishing at Watts Bar. I had some history there and, um, you know, having, having sucked the last two years in the opens in Florida, I learned a lot while sucking but it uh, <laughs> yeah. allowed me to, you know, I had a, had a really good event at, uh, at Toho, the last event last year in November. So um, just got a lot of experience, um, you know, on those type of, of bodies of water. And, and, and as much as I've learned over the years, fishing for spotted bass too, down there at Lanier and Hartwell and Kiwi and Russell and those places. So um most of the lakes we go to just kind of fit my style. Um, you know, I, I, I like to do a lot of different things. You know, uh, uh, Duncan will say I'm just old worm dragger out there, you know, after saying to me, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I like to do a lot of different things. I love to catch them on spinnerbait and, and, uh, you know, you, you might've seen some of the footage up at Saginaw, the last event we were just at, I, I had a buzz bait locked in my hand when I was largemouth fishing. Mm -hmm. pretty 90 percent of the time and man what how how fun is that to catch 50 a day blowing up a buzz bait i mean it doesn't get any more fun than that and no. uh so the 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 venues have kind of fit my style and and um i will say i enjoy having the off day you know with the npfl i think it's really cool that um, we get out and do some outreach in the communities that we're at um yeah. I've, I've participated in, in some of those. And, uh, sometimes my travel partner who's from Michigan, a really good friend of mine, Angel Rosario, um, we work on tackle. We snuck off and played golf before on that off day and just kind of, <laughs> just kind of a, you know, I'm just, just get, you know, not that we're getting away from it, but it's fun to just go play golf and just have a good time cutting up. And, you know, it's, it, it's just a, it, it's been a really fun, time on the NPFL so far. You, you know, it's you're not the first angler who has told us that East Tennessee has been a great area to basically prepare to fish all across the country because 
you know, within your small little, I don't know, three or four hour radius, you, you can ledge fish. There's grass on the lakes. you got small mouth, large mouth, spotted bass around. And it's, I mean, you don't have to go very far to, to fish all different types of conditions. Um, whereas if you're down in Florida all the time, it's pretty similar. Yeah. If, I mean, I, I know if you're up north in certain places, you'll have grass and stuff too, but sometimes those smallmouth act different up there. That's right. It's definitely not the same. Yeah. The grass we get up, yeah. we up north growing up there, it's not the same. They act different in East Tennessee. I mean, you can catch them at Cherokee out there on a small swim bait and a Domeki in the wintertime. Um, but like you can go up to Bristol an hour and a half from my house and fish South Holston and that water's gin clear. You can pitch a quarter in the water and see it down there, go down 20 feet. I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of diverse styles of fishing from, you know, Chickamauga, Watts bar all the way up, you know, to Watauga, South Holston, Boone Lake. Um, just a lot of different types of fishing. And even on Cherokee, you can go up the river and fish dirty stained water, or you can go down the lake, go down toward the dam and fish uh, fish a little clear water. The same goes for Douglas too. Um, Douglas is in a little bit of a downturn right now. It's got, it's got a blue million pound and a halfers in it. They've, they've put some regulation in, hopefully it'll help um, to kind of grow those and get get that year class grown up a little bit more, but there's a lot of that size fish in the lake. So, um, but yeah, it's, there's a lot of diverse fisheries around, you know, where I live, which is, which is fun. It's almost, you know, depending on the time of year, it's, it keeps it fun there. It's like going to a new lake sometimes. Yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm from Kalamazoo, Michigan originally. I'll never move back because I don't know, how I could deal with not being able to run the boat 365 days a year. But I will, I do have to give the North a shout out though, like the fishing up there. And I, I, we, I did watch some of your footage the other day up in, in Saginaw Bay. And I've, I've fortunately, unfortunately I've never fished there before. Uh, but the fishing in the North is just amazing. I mean, multi-species, like everything is just fun to catch up there. And I know you get frustrated when you catch a giant Northern Pike on a buzz bait or whatever the case may be, but it's still fun. Uh, yeah. um but in practice you know, especially yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean you're probably gonna go through a lot of buzz baits um but i mean you got a you got a lot of hammers on your heels right now um you know as you're leading progressive aoy for for the mpfl but what do you think the number one or maybe it's just not one thing but how do you how do you unlock that mentality? Like what, what do you think the biggest contributing factor is to you being so consistent this year? Um, it's two things I've, I've, I've planned really well before I left the house from a strategy standpoint, just, you know, looking at weather, looking at Google earth, looking at wind directions, look, you know, doing all of that before I left the house. And then it's just making good decisions on the water. I mean, I've just, it's been one of those years that everything I've done so far has been the right decision. I mean, it's just, and, and, and I can think of instances at every lake that, you know, at, at Pickwick, the first event, um, I really, I had a, a little jerkbait bite deal going. Um, and I was in this area and I lost, I lost a fish. I actually had the jerkbait on. It really wasn't the wrong rod, but for the jerkbait that I had tied on, it was the wrong jerkbait. 
So I lost one about four pounds the first day and I only weighed in four fish the first day. And, um, fortunately I was only in 34th place. It was really tough for, you know, cold weather hit and it was, it Pickwick wasn't fishing like it normally was, but losing that one fish and I lost another one on the right rod, but it clued me in on, on what they were doing in this area. And the next morning I ran right back down to that area and caught 13 pounds in 20 minutes, just boom, 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 boom. Um, on the right rod with the right jerk bait. But <laughs> I had, I had one, I found one place in this area and it, it was a gravel patch about as big as probably two hoods of your pickup truck. And it had grass growing around it and it was in eight foot of water. And I, and you had, you had to make the right lineup. And I made that lineup in Sunday and practice and caught a five and a half pounder on a jerk bait. So that place I rotated around and, but I fished that place like three or four times each day. And every time I fished it, I caught a big one off of it. And, and I caught 18 pounds the second day and, and jumped up, you know, really well. Well, I was catching them on a, on a Edo Tennessee shad vision 110 because it was bright sunny the second day and and it just it was the perfect jerk bait for that those conditions well the the third day it's drizzly rainy just nasty and this is where that east tennessee experience comes in and and tennessee river type of scenario in march if we go somewhere tennessee river i always have a black and gold jerk bait tied on large mouth especially it's just it just catches them and i rolled up into my area and i did catch two, the first two on the edo tennessee shad and then they just quit biting it and i ended up catching every fish after that on that black and gold one and they, they started really eating it really good and i caught a four pound large mouth off that off that line and that cast that morning and i went back and I thought I really only had like 10 minutes to, to fish before I had to start back because I had a pretty long run to get back to check in. And I lined up on that place one more time and made that cast with that black and gold jerk bait and caught a three and a half pound smallmouth. So that that got me the 10th place finish there. Um, you know, and then we go to Wright Patman. Um, the first day of practice, I don't get a bite. And, and I'm fishing stuff that looks great, um, bushes and the water really, really stained. And I'm like, what's going on? I can't get a bite. And the second day I went to a totally different area of the lake and found cleaner stained water and went about 40 yards and caught a four pounder. And then I went around this corner and there was a bush there and it was the perfect scenario. The, the fish were in that much water. I mean, I've never seen a six pound bass be in six inches of water and you not see them. It's crazy. Yeah. But, but this fish blew up under this big bush chasing bait underneath there. So I skipped a white swim jig under there like five, six times. Never the fish, I never got a bite. Picked up a black and blue one that I'd put a rattle in, made one cast with that joker underneath that bush and catch that six pounder. It was crazy. So, and that was Monday. So I went about 50 more yards and I catch another four pounder out of the same kind of bush. And I put the rods down, never made another cast in practice. And all I did was mark those kind of bushes in the area. I was in a big area, 
but I was able to, to, you know, strategically mark those areas and come back to them. And I mean, I catch a seven pounder the first day of the tournament. I mean, it's just a really, really good, really good tournament. But, um, but, um, and I think having a rattle in my swim jig and, and just me changing colors, you know, and, and then Santee, the wind's blowing, you know, I'm looking at practice and the wind, I usually like to fish across the lake from takeoff over in Rocks Pond and the Brickyard. I like to fish over in that area. Well, I could tell from the wind and practice that it was going to be blown out. So I didn't even, I didn't even go that side of the lake. And, and a lot of my buddies went over there and, and unfortunately they didn't do very well. And I stayed, I stayed, you know, on that, on the other side of the lake and, and was, and stayed close and just, it just worked out. So, you know, I've just made really good decisions this year and, and at Saginaw, you know, the wind, the wind's going to blow up there crazy directions each day. So Tuesday in practice, I practiced on the side of the lake that I'd never been to before and, and had a really good, I don't know, three or 400 yard stretch for largemouth. And it was, it was crazy because I, I found a spot last year, an offshore rock pile. And my strategy was to go catch 13 or 14 pound of largemouth and then go smallmouth fishing. But this rock pile was so close, you know, in takeoff when you come out of the river, you know, it's seven, eight minute run to this rock pile. So I'm like, I'm going to start there and then I'll, you know, go largemouth fishing. Well, I roll up there and my second cast, I catch a 479 smallmouth. I mean, and in 20 minutes, I got 15 pounds, almost 15 pounds. I'm like, well, I just did it in reverse order today. <laughs> and, and, then, so, and then I went and got history is important. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I never even practiced this place in, in practice. Cause I knew how good it was. I caught a big one there last year and it was just full of fish, but, and, and it's a shallow one. And the second day the wind blew it out. I never got a, another bite on it the rest of the tournament, but that, uh, you know, that first day I had almost 19 and, uh, you know, it kind of made my event really. So, I, I say all that to say I've just made really good decisions this year. I've uh, I've zigged when I'm supposed to zigged and zagged when I'm supposed to zag. One of my buddies told me that I could probably fall out of the boat and not get wet right now. So <laughs> <laughs> just well, uh, that just gonna keep after it, and you know, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. You know, what would it mean to you to uh, you know? And I don't want to jinx anybody, but what would it mean to you to to win that Progressive Angler of the Year for the MPFL? Man, it'd be something special to be able to pull that off. Um, just the fisheries that we've went to, the diversity in in those, and and the ones we have left, um, and and the guys and gals I fish against. I mean, it's this is a league of hammers. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a really gr good group of guys that catch them, you know. And as you know, you know, I'm, I'm Corbishly takes y'all's money over there pretty regular, and. Uh, <laughs> And Trent Palmer, Trent Palmer, you know, he took my money at Lanier, you know, for, yeah. for quite a while. And he's a good buddy of mine, Patrick Walters. I mean, Quentin Capo. I mean, there's just so many, so many good guys on, on in the league. Jesse Wise, Timmy Reams. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. And, and uh, it's just, I mean, it's just a solid, solid group of guys. Sheldon Collings. It's just, it would, it would, it'd be really special. Um, 
and there's a lot of there's a lot of fish to catch between now and then so i'm not getting ahead of myself at all but it would be yeah. special to be able to win it for sure so speaking of those fish we know the next one we're about a month out from eufaula oklahoma uh how how are you looking at that ahead of time i mean you know i know you're starting to look at weather forecasts and all that how how do you think that one's going to shape up to be down there well it it's it's really hot there now and i think by the time we get there i mean i'm sure i'm sure the water's in the 90s out there now and and in the fall it's going to be probably you know fish feeding on small bait it's going to be tough going to be you know it's going to be a tough event it's going to be a grinder for sure um i think if you can get lucky and catch one three or four pounder and, and have you know four four solid keepers in the boat i mean if you could catch 10 10 to 12 pounds a day i think you'll get paid i really do it's 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 going to be a grinder it's it to me it, it's the make or break tournament for me for aoy not saying that i'll catch them at lanier but but uh i've fished lanier enough to know um you know that time of year the lake could be turning over so there's there's things you do a little different when the lake's turning over at Lanier. So I got a little bit of advantage like Trent does there too. So, but I think Eufaula is, is definitely going to be that, that grinder type tournament. And I've looked at some of the team tournaments that in the past that have been here and, you know, it, it takes anywhere from 30 to 34 to win a two day team tournament here. So, you know, you take a couple pounds out of that, you know, about 13, 13, 14 a day is, is pretty golden this time of, that time of year here so um it's again it's going to be the the one that gets that that gets that one big bite every day that'll really separate themselves from the field i think we uh again i don't want to jinx anything but man it would be a really cool opportunity while we're down at lanier uh because that's where they're going to present the aoi trophy correct mm -hmm. it is yeah so we we, we want to see that trophy uh held real high for you um because that would be a really cool opportunity to to be a part of that um you know the, the only la the last question i have and we know we know you got to go um but do you work as a as a team i know you you room with a guy from michigan um but are you more of a individual that does everything yourself or do you like to you know share information between anglers i've never i've never been really good at catching other people's fish and um i just i, I kind of do my own thing i mean i get away i try to get away from everybody um my travel partner and i we share info on you know types of places we caught them on baits we've caught them on stuff like that i mean we we share information that way and and i work with you know a few other guys out there you know and we talk we don't talk about places you know exact places or anything specific like that it's more about type of area you caught one um maybe the bait that you were using you know depth water temperature just stuff like that you know kind of might point you in the right direction but i typically like to kind of get away from everybody and uh kind of do my own thing yeah there's yeah. nothing wrong with that I, you see it more and more people talking about Oh, you know, these, these, all these folks rooming together and, and they have an unfair advantage or they're fishing like a team. And, and I don't, 
I try to tell people that I don't think it's that way at all because I know how I am with people that I know, and it's the same thing. I caught them looking at brush piles and this kind of water depth and, you know, kind of did this in an area like that. Mm -hmm. But I've had people say, here's a waypoint. I caught them on that bush doing that every time, and I'll never catch fish on that bush. And they'll come in right beside me and catch 10. Like you said, it's, it is very hard to catch another person's fish. So uh, I think that gets blown out of proportion because there are certain people that use it as an excuse like, Oh, I can't beat that guy because he's got ten other guys on tour that are are you know helping him and, and giving him where fish are. And I, I think sometimes that's a little bit of an excuse that, that we make up in our heads. But um, appreciate you sharing. That was a good good question, Trey. It's one one we've asked some other folks, and you know it's it's a similar kind of deal. You got you got to have that village that you can you can share a little bit of info with one another. But at the end of the day, you're still competing against each other, and that's you right. might want to see your buddy do well but you don't want to see him do as well as you <laughs> yeah you don't want to be the first loser but at the same time like it's always cool and that's the cool thing about the mpfl they really you know the anglers do it but you know the league itself has created a really cool culture to be a part of so um and and you said it's all a timing deal and i think kind of you know timing worked out really well for you i mean heck even timing worked out well for us in, in our podcast and you know being friends with brad and paul and, and everyone in the league so um yeah. but I don't want I don't want us to keep you too long, Todd. Uh, then, yeah, go ahead. I think the last thing we really didn't do is, uh, Todd. Is we always like to give uh, our guests the opportunity to shout out uh, all their sponsors, uh, the folks and the companies that allow you to do what you're doing. So take the time, and uh, we know you've you're, you've already talked about Pulse Lures, but uh, you know there's I think there's several other companies out there too that help you out. So. Absolutely. And, and before I do that, Trey, I also want to thank you for your service. And I also wanted to tell you my daughter that's at UNC Greensboro. She, um, she just enlisted last week and, uh, she signed up for six years. So, um, thank you for your service. And, uh, I told her, I told her, I said, I don't want to, when you go to basic training, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear a word about how tough it is. You ain't calling me, tell me that you're going to have to tough it out. So that's right well you could well first of all i appreciate that todd and and secondly call me if uh if you have any army i don't know if she can listen to the army or whatever but any military army. questions or whatever more yeah okay well then yeah then holler at me let me know <laughs> yeah for sure um and i've got a lot of sponsor partners for you know doing this is for for quite a while and and i hope i can remember them all but um you know, Safe Haven, of course, they're, they're my title sponsor. They're, they're incredible to work with. Um, Bait Works, um, great tackle store there in Springfield, Missouri. They've got over 20,000 SKUs of products. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize just how much tackle that they have there. Um, just huge place there. Um, Zoom Baits, you know, I've been, been with them and known those guys forever. Um, actually had them run me a special color of worm I'm going to try out in Oklahoma. So hopefully it works out, <clears throat> but I've been able to invent a couple of baits for them. Uh, the beat down the Ned rig worm, that was kind of my deal and uh, several colors out there. Um, Killer Dawn was one, Killer Blue, a couple of, couple of cool colors. So really, you know, just love working with those guys. Uh, ZD Cal's best best boat wrap company in the business um, and vehicle wrap. Um, Arc rods, um, Louie and them make an incredible rod. I've used mostly the Tharp series rods this year and and the reinforcers. And uh, 
and I, I've been using their reels too, their gravity reels. Those things are great. They'll cast a mile. You can throw a bait a mile with those things. Um, Seaguar, uh, power pole, um, running the power pole charge too. Uh, lithium pros. I've got all four lithium batteries in my boat this year. And I mean, that Lowrance Ghost Troller motor, I can put it on high and it'll, it'll push that Skeeter almost four mile an hour. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you just go all day. They just, they just, you can't kill them. Um, so, you know, incredible batteries. Lowrance, of course. Um, Sonar Pros, Trent's, Trent's company, little, little company that could. He's, he's helped me out. Good, good dude. Um, Boat Logics, you know, I've run their mounts now for many years and you just can't, you, you go up north, you need Boat Logics mounts on your boat. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's just, that's just it. Uh, Bahio sunglasses, um, those things are, have been really great for me the last couple of years. And like I say, I know I'm, I know I'm forgetting somebody, but uh, Green Pond Landing, Neil Paul there at Lake Hartwell, Neil's a great friend um you know and and been a great partner to me over the years and lastly john meagle chevrolet and, and john meagle ford there in dawsonville georgia those guys I've, I've bought all my vehicles there since probably 2015 and those guys are in the fishing business they fish they hunt they get it you know they they really help people out um give them good deals on vehicles the service is great so they've taken good care of me the last couple of years too so and uh it's got a lot of great partners out there that allows me to get out here and do this. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it, Todd. We want to see you hold that big gold uh, shield over your head at, uh, at Lake Lanier, but you got to tackle you follow Oklahoma first. Uh, so we're pulling for you. We appreciate you coming on the show. Um, you guys got anything? Just uh, if you can do me one favor when I, when, uh, when we stop recording, just hang out for a second uh, before we let you go. But other than <laughs> that, I don't have anything. So, Yep. Uh, appreciate everybody listen make sure you check out the links below i have todd socials on there so you can follow him make sure you keep checking out the mpfl we're definitely pulling for todd uh, for aoi hopefully we'll get to take some pictures with him and that big gold trophy uh down there at uh, lanier in october and uh, continue to help us grow a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time that's a good one that's a good Oh God, it's a toad, son. It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.